This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. I'm Matt and this is Jessica. And welcome to Mondays with Matt and Jessica. That's right. It's called Morning Breath, but we will let you in on a secret. And we today are recording this in the afternoon. <laughs> so Adeline, our daughter the other day was like, you're recording morning breath in the afternoon. That makes it day breath. <laughs> like whatever time of day you're choosing to join us. We are so grateful that you did. Morning breath is a radio show now podcast video cast where we take one chapter of the Bible and we read it together and we talk about it. And, uh, we just love that you join us and you read along and you listen to what God has breathed on the chapter for us. And hopefully it brings you uh, new thoughts and insight and just information about God's word. And we hope that you join us. Um, if you need more information about how to find what chapters we're going to be in if you want to read ahead or whatever or use this as your Bible reading plan day by day, which is what I do. Uh, you could go to eccc.us or our East Coast app or you can call our church office at 321-452-1060. That's that. What's new with you? Not much. We're actually this week we are starting a new series on uh, signs of hope. We, we preached one message on signs of hope and it was a one-off message. In fact, you may have even seen one of our yard signs if you live in Brevard County out and around in a neighborhood or you know wherever in a business that, that basically there's a positive message could be we're in this together or God hears you and a website signsofhope.com signsofhope.com and that takes you to a site where you can get prayer where you can listen to a message on hope lots of other things that's coming from us, our church. So if you see that, you need that, you need some hope, you need some encouragement, check out signsofhope.com. But also we have a series in our church right now called Signs of Hope. And we're actually taking each one of those signs that you've seen and we're sharing a, a word from God, a word from the Bible on that subject. And so really excited about it. Love for you to be a part of it. Check it out. Uh, we're also using hashtags like uh, signs of hope, hashtag signs of hope, and hashtag hope dealer. And these are ways that we're communicating and asking you to participate in being hopeful and encouraging to people around you. We have plenty of bad news in the world today. Yeah. We don't need any more. Yes. We need to be hope dealers. We need to see in the middle of the tough things, we need to be able to bring hope and encourage others. It's going to be that. really good. The Signs of Hope website too has so much more than just the messages. It also has at, uh, resources and ways for you to get prayer. If you need prayer for something, we would love to partner with you in that. And then also um, if you, you're you in need, you know, you can get help there as yeah. well. So signsofhope.com. Or send somebody to it to get yeah. encouraged. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, Monday. So we're I, I do this new segment called Book Recommendations with Jessica. And today I'm recommending this book called On purpose and this is a 40-day journey to loving your life by our very own Amy Brandis. Amy has been coming to East Coast longer than I have. I think she, said oh, she yeah. was like 11, mm -hmm. 10. Anyway, you've known her yeah, forever. Yeah, I've known her since she was, well, before she was married. She's a couple years older than me, I think. So Maybe she was Amy Carew, right? Amy and then Carew. she got married to Landon. Now she's Amy Brandis and has three kids and she has written this book and it's incredible. It's I really love the, um, the way it's structured. It's a 40-day, almost like devotion where it's just a couple pages a day and then there's a scripture and something to think about, some questions and you can kind of dive into it as deeply or 
uh, whatever as you want to. And I really like it. And you know what's really amazing too is that this is, I believe, her first book she's authored and maybe one she's actually published. But she um, said that she wants to give every proceed, every profit from this book to the church building we were building in Vieira. Every ounce of money that she would be making, this is hard work. I know she worked on this for years. Every bit of money that she is making, she's actually pouring back into the church, which I think is crazy and amazing. I love it. So anyway, yeah, this is really good. Especially because she attends the Parkway campus yeah. mostly. And she's, uh, not that we divide by campuses, but it's not something that she's doing because she's like, I'm a Vieira campus person. Like yeah. she's just like really feels connected to that and wants to do something for it. So what, yeah. a, what a major blessing that is. And I love that she gets the vision too, is that we are one church with many locations. So if you're not in Brevard and you don't know who we are, we are East Coast Christian Center and we have four locations, Coco, two in Merritt Island and one in Vieira. And all together, we're one church. We're ministering in different areas, but we're all one church. And so I love that she sees the vision of pouring in it, pouring into the Vieira campus is pouring into the church as a whole yeah so that's it's really exciting so we're in second corinthians chapter five today and i'm gonna read i'll read the whole thing it's not that long do it all right for we know that if the earthly tent our physical body which is our house is torn down through death we have a building from god a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens for indeed in this house we groan longing to be clothed with our immortal eternal celestial dwelling so that by putting it on, we will not be found naked. For while we are, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, often weighed down, oppressed. Not that we want to be unclothed, separated by death from the body, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal, the body, will be swallowed up by life after the resurrection. Now he who has made us and prepared us for this very purpose is God, who, has gave, who gave us the Holy Spirit as a pledge, a guarantee, a down payment on the fulfillment of his promise. So then being always filled with good courage and confident hope and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight, living our lives in a manner consistent with our confident belief in God's promises. We are, as I was saying, of good courage and confident hope and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. Therefore, whether we are at home on earth or away from home and with him, it is our constant ambition to be pleasing to him. For we believers will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities, and abilities. Therefore, since we know the fear of the Lord and understand the importance of obedience and worship, we persuade people to be reconciled to him. But we are plainly known to God. He knows everything about us. And I hope that we are plainly known also in your consciences, your God-given discernment. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but are giving you an occasion to be rightfully proud of us so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in outward appearances, the virtues they pretend to have, rather than what is actually in heart. If we are out of our mind, just unstable fanatics, as some critics say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for your benefit. For the love of Christ controls and compels us because we have concluded this, that the one one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that all those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for their sake. So from now on, we regard no one from a human point of view according to worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. 
The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. But all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us the ministry of reconciliation so that by our example, we might bring others to him. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation that is restoration to favor with God. So we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. We, as Christ's rep representatives, plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made Christ, who knew no sin, to judicially be sin on our behalf, so that in him we could become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable, acceptable to him and placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious, loving kindness. Amen. Amen. What a chapter. It's like one of the best chapters in the whole Bible. Yeah, there's... There's probably six or seven verses that are foundational yeah. uh, belief verses for my life, for uh, funerals, for messages, for understanding salvation, for understanding justice and humanity, for understanding the grace of God. I mean, just so many theological <laughs> foundational uh, scriptures. We live by faith, not by sight. Uh, I mean, just you, you go through it. If you... If you want to walk the Christian life, just literally read Second Corinthians chapter five and, yeah. and do do what these verses say, and you will find some success in the Christian life. You can almost use this chapter as a filter for yeah. anything you're you're trying to work on as a believer, any steps you're trying to take when you don't know what to do, how to deal with somebody else, and learning and digging into these phrases and concepts of righteousness and all of this reconciliation. You dig into these phrases and these words. You begin to understand what our mission is in the world and what God wants to do through me and through you. What did you see in the chapter? My one of my favorite verses from this chapter is is Second uh, Corinthians five five. So it's verse five. Now he who has made us and prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave us the Holy Spirit as a pledge, a guarantee, a down payment on the fulfillment of His promise. And when Jesus went to heaven, He said, "I will be sending a helper." a comforter, a friend, an encourager to you. And that was the Holy Spirit. And I just love the fact that he did that, that he didn't leave and leave us alone. Like he died for our sins and he gave us this opportunity to be made right with God, right? He became the bridge between us and God. And no longer did we have to have this separation. When we accepted Jesus, we are now made right with God. But that, like, that would have been enough. <laughs> it's more than enough. It's so amazing. But then to give us the Holy Spirit as a pledge and a promise and just like, hey, this is the down payment. Like, the Holy Spirit is amazing. But that's just a down payment of what's to come. You know, it's just amazing. It's awesome. I love it. No, that's really good. Um, I didn't even see that verse, to be honest. And so I, I love that, that we... All the great stuff you mentioned, I want to actually dig into about our relationship with Lord what what many people think when they approach Christianity is like, you know, we get saved and it's like, all right, now we got to just keep earning our salvation and keep scrapping and scraping and, and our flesh is attacking us and all these things. And, you know, our past haunts us. And if we could just, you know, change our behavior, we'd, we'd be fine. And it's a lot of behavior modification and mm -hmm. people guilt trip you and all these things. But the foundation of Christianity is that if you are in Christ, as verse 17 says, 
the new creation has come. Mm -hmm. The old has gone. The new is here. You don't actually have a sin nature anymore. Your old sin nature is dead. You are actually now the righteousness of God. As verse 21 says, God made Jesus to be sin. He made him to be to be sin, our sin, for us that we might become the righteousness of God, which is Jesus' righteousness. So literally, you have a righteous nature. You have a brand new nature. You are completely and utterly, the Bible says that you are one spirit with him. Those that join themselves to the Lord are one spirit with him, also found in Corinthians. Mm-hmm. And so what, what we're approaching our lives with now is in, in a position of victory, in a position of newness, not in a position of overcoming the past, beating down our old flesh, and all of these things. Now, that being said, you might say, well, why do I still have these old desires and all of these things? Well, they're there. Trust me, they're there. And they're there in old behaviors. They're there in your mind, which has not been renewed yet. Like, And they're there in your body. You've trained your body and your mouth and your vocabulary and the chemicals that are being produced in your brain. You've trained your old person. So some of that remnants is there in the flesh. The flesh, the body has a desire for more. It never, ever is satisfied. It always wants more than it did before. It wants to chase that new feeling thing is we can never get that new feeling. It's nothing will ever satisfy. Nothing ever satisfies. Not to mention you are surrounded with temptation. So you're surrounded with constant bombardment on those old ways. And so that's why we struggle. But we don't struggle as, you know, just uh, we don't struggle with an old nature. We actually are battling from a point of victory. So we're in Christ. We're a new creation. How do I approach old problems. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to approach them from a new position, a new mindset, a, a new sense of victory. A, you know, when you approach things from a position of I've been defeated before, I'll probably get defeated again. You know, a lot of that works hand in hand. It's hard to have a good attitude. Mm-hmm. But if you approach it with, you know what? I got God on my side. I'm a new creation. I can beat this. I, I, this this doesn't have to own me. This doesn't have to defeat me. Now, now all of a sudden, you're you're aligning your beliefs, you're aligning your attitude with that new um, nature that has been given to you. Yeah, that's really good. And verse 17, I circled as well as one of my other favorites. And I think so much of, we talked about this last Monday as well, so much of what is available to us as believers has to be received. Like we just can't, read it and be like, oh, that's cool. Or, or maybe even never read it, then you never know it. You know, like ignorance isn't bliss when it comes to the Bible and things of God. Ignorance is bliss in a lot of things, but not when it comes to the word of God, because what you don't know, you can't receive. And even when you know it, we have to receive it. And so reading this and really digging into this and thinking about this and pondering this and asking the Holy Spirit who has been given to us, for deeper revelation and for uh, a reminder of this throughout the day, when you do make a mistake, um, to remember that, oh man, I'm a new creation. 
old things have passed away. All things have been made new. And I also want to point out that this, this word that used to be used a lot more, like when we were kids about, uh, born again, you know, if you're born again, a born again believer, um, that, that is talking about it in here. It says you are re you're a new creature. You're reborn and renewed by the Holy spirit. So that's what that phrase. And it, it might be like Christianese or like, it might be like, what does that mean? How can you even says in the Bible, how can you go back in the womb and be born again? That's weird and gross. This is what it's talking about. You're reborn and renewed by the spirit of God. And so that's what that means. I always like, and you're really good at that too, is just explaining like weird phrases that we say all the time that we know what we mean. <laughs> A lot of other people don't know what we mean. Um, so I love this verse because it says, new, old things have gone away, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. And all of these things are from God. And we can't, we can't, uh, see them play out and work out in our life unless we receive them, choose to believe them, and change our mindset about them. That's good. Yeah. So when you get that revelation that you are a new creation and, and you have been made new in Christ, you have been reconciled to God. In other words, you know, reconciliation is when uh, a relationship or something has gone awry or there is not a a connection there that now it's been restored and the relationship is is now something fruitful and, and is producing and there's a connection. That's what God did, did with you. He took your sins. That was separating you from the love of God. It was separating you from a relationship with God. He's removed the sin through Jesus Christ and he's brought you back into relationship with him. Mm -hmm. Now we're supposed to go reconcile others, right? He now gives us the ministry of reconciliation um, oftentimes we don't approach uh, conflict from a position of reconciliation. You know, most of the time people tend to posture when conflict comes with, I'm going to be right, you're going to be wrong. And you're going to be on that side, I'm going to be on this side, and there's no middle ground. There's no way that unless you tell me you're wrong, you're not welcome on the right side anymore. So this is different than that. This is approaching things with we've all are wrong. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now let's be reconciled to Christ together. No matter what your sin is, your background, what your problems are, my problems are no better than your problems. We all needed Jesus. And so now we need to live in this world of reconciliation and we need to bring the message of Christ to other people. God was reconciling the word to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. He committed to us the message of reconciliation. In other words, we need to go despite people's sins and bring Jesus to them so that their sins can be covered by the blood of Jesus, yeah. no matter what their sins are. Yeah. If their sins are worse than your sins, there's yeah. not really, that's not such a thing. Yeah. But we think that. Well, that's a really bad sin. Well, I don't like that sin or that. Keep that sin away from my kids. You know, you keep your sin over there. I'm going to keep my sin over there, right? Over here. No, all sin is sin. We are called to the message of reconciliation. When we go reach out to people, I love verse 13. It said, if we're out of our mind, as some say, it is for God, right? So sometimes when we actually go to, to do a, the work of reconciliation, People are like, you're out of your mind. Hmm. Like, you know, when we go do God's work, in some ways, somebody should be saying, you're out of your mind. What's wrong with you? Why yeah. would you do that? Why do you care about those types of people? You know, what's the point of that? There's There should be a bit of that in Christianity. Is people saying, ah, ah, 
like that's weird why would you care for those folks or you know why would you why would you cross that line or why would you go do that you know that's a waste of time right no there should be a bit of that in our our belief that we should be reaching out so far to people that it almost seems extreme and like you know well that's not natural that's not normal to reach out like that well i think that might be the pocket that might be where we need to be. Our sweet spot. A sweet spot <laughs> where it's like a little bit like uncomfortable and yeah. out of our comfort zone and out of our little castle, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I love that it says the ministry of reconciliation because it, this has been given to all of us. And so people who maybe, you know, Matt and I are in the ministry because we're pastors. But guess what? You are in the ministry as well. If anything, you are in the ministry of reconciliation because we were reconciled to God so that we would then reconcile others to him and go share him with others. And so welcome to the ministry. It's great to have you. You've always been in it. (laughs) I like that verse. I also like verse 10, the end of it. It's very convicting. Because it says, for we believers will be called to account, must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be repaid for what has been done in the body, whether good or bad. That is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, Mm. the use or misuse of his time, opportunities, and abilities. Can we take that out of the Bible, please? Oh, like, I can't even say it. It's so convicting, but it's good. Like, conviction calls you to do better, and it calls calls you higher. Condemnation is what the enemy tries to use against you, and that would bring you down and cause you shame. Um, And this is a tough verse because it does make you think the use or misuse of your time. How much time have I misused by scrolling mindlessly on Facebook or social media or whatever. How much time have I misused by dwelling and worrying and being anxious and thinking about things I can't change anyway? How much time have I misused in my life? So much, right? Also, what about opportunities and abilities? It goes on to say that obedience, we we have to understand the the importance of obedience and worship. I think that so much of my, if we want to call it professional ministry walk, since I've actually got ordained and I'm doing what I'm doing now is all about obedience. Like I don't prefer and don't really feel like I necessarily am amazing at talking to a camera or speaking on stage or speaking publicly. I was terrified when we got married 16 years ago, 16 and a half years ago, I told him, I will marry you. You're already a pastor. I will be your wife and therefore a pastor's wife, but do not ever make me get on stage or hold a microphone or this. I would have never done this. Oh my gosh, no way. But when God kind of called me, he kind of let me be there for several years, about a decade, raise my kids, be at home, be very supportive from behind the scenes. And then when he started stirring in my heart that there was something more, it was all about obedience for me. I, it didn't matter how scared I was. It doesn't matter how much I'm sweating right now. I am being obedient to the Lord because that is so much more important to me to take advantage of the opportunities he's given me. Um, not for my gain. I would not have chosen to be a public speaker of any kind, way, shape, or form. But I choose obedience because I know that that is what God has called me to do. And really, it's not about me. It's about him and it's about him his strength being made perfect in my weakness. So that verse is convicting to me, but I also know that I'm living it out. I think that verse also neutralizes pride because it's like we can't point our finger over at somebody else and say, look how terrible they are. 
Well, read this verse. Everything you've ever done and every motive you've ever had will be judged. You're like, oh, never mind on that conversation. Just, <laughs> yeah. just, just Jesus loves you. You do you. you. <laughs> it, not mercy. Just give him grace. You know, yeah. just love on him. It neutralizes that, yeah. that kind of prideful behavior. And I'll say something about speaking and about sharing and those type of things. And I've seen this in you and, and I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in, in others who speak, who share, who teach. You've got to have something to teach. And the time and effort I've seen you put into the word of God um, and to, to studying the Bible, it's evident. Like you study the Bible so much. You read every day. You, you do the soap chapter every day. Um, and, you know, you might have missed a day here or there. You know, that's we're not judging that. My own, my dad, uh, Pastor Dan Stahlbaum, you know, for two years, he read uh, a, the New Testament every month. Mm-hmm. You know, before he really taught. Yeah. You know, and he read the New Testament every month. Yeah. Putting in the time to get to know the Lord, to get to know the word is that's the precursor where God can actually use your mouth. Yeah. You know, if you just want to talk and teach. I've met so many uh, young pastors who said that I just want to talk. I want to or young people that I want to teach and talk and preach. And, and I'll, it's almost like everyone has this original idea. What's your dream? Go around the world and preach to large crowds. You know, like mm-hmm. I've said that, you know, I've seen that life and I don't think I really want that to be honest. I mean, I, I would do it if the Lord called me to it, to yeah. travel the world and preach to large crowds. That It's not as glamorous as you think it is. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually, you know, it's a lot of work and you're away from your family a lot and there's a ton of scrutiny and, it's exhausting, and so it's not as illustrious as one might believe. But in order to have that kind of vision, you need to back that up with that kind of um, character and that kind of work and effort into learning the Word of God and to learning your craft. And and I would encourage you, you know, if you want something in life like to get out there and get after what Jessica's talking about, and be successful in an area, put the work in. Oh yeah. Um, just put the work into that, and God will bless that. God will. God will. Get behind that, you know, as you live by faith, right? As verse seven says, we live by faith, not by sight. Like we don't just live by the outside and what you see on the outside. We've got to back everything what we everything we do and what we have by faith. Yeah. And it's so important. Um, that's the end of morning breath. And we're we're so glad that you joined us today. Yep. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you and, and check out the new message series at East Coast Christian Center this week. Watch us online or online or come to one of our physical locations. We would we would love to have you. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Yep. Bye. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. 
Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.